the greatest women's champion right. of all Yeah. You versus me. Yeah. In the ring for my women's championship. Yeah, totally. Right. Isn't that exciting? You realize what the championship title means to me, right? Of course, Trish. I mean, seriously. I mean And I'll do everything Yeah, I, I, oh, I, I know, but Trish. Look up. What? Look up. Do you know what that is? It's the mistletoe. Right. You know what that means, right? Welcome to a brand new episode of Wrestling With Respect. As always, Wrestling With Respect is brought to you by the Spirit of Rock Podcast Network, an inclusive and diverse rock spirits and entertainment podcast network. Oh, yeah. Check us out at spiritofrockpods.com. And with me today, as always, Mr. Whiskey Obsessor himself, Maddie Boy. How are we doing today, Maddie? Oh, I am doing just peachy. Right now, Jenny, uh, I am beyond excited as I am for every episode, but today's episode is a special one because, hmm. spoiler, for the first time, actually, that's right. we have a very special guest joining us. That's right. Joining us today is the host of the absolutely incredible A Wrestling Gal podcast, the one and only Miss Ella J. Welcome, Ella. Hi, I didn't know I was your first guest. I'm honored. Yes. I'm excited. That's so exciting. Yes. We uh we didn't want to tell you ahead of time, but you Cats you are number bag. one. So Well, I'm honored. I'm excited to be chatting with you guys today about someone who I adore. Oh yeah. Oh Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. And honestly, though, listeners, if you haven't checked out a wrestling gal, uh, we will permit you at the moment to pause yes. this episode. Pause it. Go and binge and come back. You done? Okay, good. Okay. All right, now that you're caught up. <laughs> so before we get into a little Q&A with our esteemed guests, Jenny, Ella kind of teased it, but what talent will we be discussing today? Well, uh, Miss Ella picked the topic for today, someone that she is very familiar with. And today we're going to be discussing a woman who has held 21 professional titles in her career, including six WWE women's titles and three TNA knockout championships. The one and only Mickey G. Dun dun dun! <laughs> love Mickey James. Love Mickey James. Yes, we do. Yeah, she was when we started the show. She was definitely at the top of the list for mm -hmm. episodes we wanted to do right out of the gate. So as yeah. we she are should here, be. as she should be, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but before we talk about uh, Mickey, we have to let our guest have the floor here. And normally, I would take a page out of your book, Ella, and ask what you've been doing during these crazy times. Uh, pandemic quarantine what have you but it's pretty obvious what you've been doing uh how many episodes did you record in 2020 95 in 90. 2020 95 um 95. Most, most of them were between april and december i think i only had maybe like 
eight or ten between uh, January and April, and then the rest was all April to December. I had ninety five episodes. Wow! So even in year. three quarters of a year, ninety five episodes. You yeah. got some work to do. Yeah, we gotta catch up, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy times. We though. have twelve. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy times, but that's a that's amazing. And I know you've been very busy so far in January as well. Yeah, I had a lot of guests out of the gate. Um, as of right now, I have nine episodes in the queue. Um, so I'm focusing on editing those and putting them out with some. Well, at the time of recording this, um, some three former, no, two former TNA knockouts, one current champion wow. in impact and a few wow. other special guests. So I'm excited for that. We're excited for you. That's amazing. That is impressive. That is impressive. And, you know, what we love about your show is that you highlight lesser known talents and up and comers. You've had pretty, pretty big names like the lovely Miss Mickey James. Um, you've had uh, Victoria, um, Melina as well. Um, was there any one guest that surprised you with their personality or some other aspect of their character? Hmm. I know that's a tough question to go back through a hundred episodes. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> you, you know, it wasn't really a surprise, but I was just delightfully like brought back with chatting with Diana Perrazzo because, you know, I had chatted with her like less than a month after she had been released and she just had a grace about her and like a calmness and a peace about her that like, can't be compared to when you're talking to her and we were talking some like heavy stuff about like self-worth and advocating mm -hmm. for yourself in an industry that's supposed to be selfish but she not only advocates for herself but for other like lesser known talent and so yeah. we talked about a few times how she would speak up and get somebody who she's friends with or a talent she genuinely enjoys booked on like an our ring of honor show for example or impact a few times and so it was just crazy to talk about her journey of self-worth especially after the ordeal she had last year between the time yeah. she got released and the time she um signed with impact and so i was just really pleasantly taken back from her and she has like just such, such an aura about her that's really powerful and you can see that she has so much confidence despite everything that happened and she knew her worth and look now she's thriving. So I think I was very pleasantly surprised by Deanna Perrazzo. Not that I had any negative connotations going in, but we got to talking about some deep stuff and that like, it just wowed me. So I would definitely say her episode is one that stands out to me in that regard. Yeah. As a, as a female, it's so important to have someone around you that's lifting you up, lifting other people up, because I feel like especially in that industry, it's so easy to just become consumed with your own character, your own goals, your own success, that it's really nice that um, to hear and refreshing, you know, women lifting up other women. I definitely agree. Hashtag girl power, as I like to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's uh was another favorite episode of mine. Diana, of course, you yeah representing morris county new jersey mm -hmm. where we're from originally mm -hmm. so um great great episode and i had said in one of our old older or a few episodes ago actually that uh, it was the biggest mistake for wwe to let her go because you saw what impact thought of her immediately they put the title on her right away so um it she made the most out of a bad situation so i mean fantastic fantastic yeah. You know, we started this podcast because it was a matter of, you know, there not being enough uh, content in this wrestling community or the internet wrestling community. 
that focused solely on women's wrestling. That was a huge impetus for us. Was that the impetus for you as well to do this? Were there other factors or was that the main driving force for you? Um, definitely. I wanted to get a female perspective, whether it was through my eyes, my lens or female wrestlers. To be honest, when I first started my podcast, it was always about the female perspective on pro wrestling. But originally I was like thinking of centering it around my thoughts and stuff. But then I really got into interviewing after the first couple interviews. I'm like, not only is there not a lot of female podcasters out, out there, so people are hearing my voice, but mm-hmm. to give women, a, the women's wrestlers and content creators and all that jazz um like a platform to speak is something that i think we don't see a lot of especially in like a male dominated sport and so it's just evolved into not only is it my voice but it's the voice of all these female wrestlers content creators journalists um like all these people in the wrestling community so that's definitely a driving force i like to say hashtag girl power now so originally it was just me but just chatting with all these guests and stuff it's definitely Mm -hmm. a combination of myself and like my opinions as a female podcaster interviewer host but also the talent and guests i have on my show so it's kind of a combination of that very cool very cool very cool when um when did you become a wrestling fan and who or what drew you to that So I became a wrestling fan the summer of 2009. I was just flipping through channels on a Friday night. I was 11 years old at this time. Um, And I, for some reason, go through by and I see this guy with cool face paint. So I go back and it's Jeff Hardy (laughs) versus CM Punk in a loser leaves town match. So it was Jeff's last, literal last match in WWE, which I didn't know it was his last match. So I started watching that and the crowd was really behind Jeff. And, you know, he was doing all these super high flying moves. I believe it was a steel cage match. Um, And then at the end, I got really emotional. I didn't know this guy, but I got really emotional, like during his goodbye speech and all that. And so Jeff Hardy, like, really, really drew me in. And so I continued to watch Friday Night SmackDown. Um, didn't really know that Raw was a thing for a, a little bit. But okay. I watched Friday Night SmackDown for months and months after that. And then I saw, you know, Mickey James, John Morrison, um, like, Our truth was on there, Taker, Kane, Ray, like, that whole era, like, 2009, yeah. 2010. And so, and then uh, DX would make a few appearances on there. Um, so I really, really loved Degeneration X. They're my favorite tag team of all time. They were just so funny. And of yeah. course, Mickey James was uh, a huge favorite of mine. But it's ironic that the first women's wrestling storyline I saw was the whole Piggy James thing, which I cringe at. Yeah, it is, but, it is cringe. But I feel like since she was like the underdog in that scenario, and I felt like I could mm-hmm. relate to her on a level. So I think that's what drew me to her. And then obviously DX were fun comedic relief, and it was just kind of an escape. And so I kept watching from there. Then I started watching Raw and um, Impact, um, the first episode of Impact I ever saw. Ironically, it was Jeff Hardy's debut again in Impact. So I always find that ironic. But uh, mm-hmm. that <laughs> is. yeah, it was definitely an escape for me. And then it just kind of evolved from there going to my first live event that uh, around Christmas that year. And it just evolved ever since. And, you know, I'm glad I've been fortunate enough to see some of my favorites return. Like Mickey, we've seen yeah. Sean return. Um, John Morrison returned. Like all of them mm-hmm. have Jeff's back. So it's, it's come full circle these last few years, I feel like for me anyways. That's 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 great. That's like a nice or it happened organically for you. Mm-hmm. Just kind of flipping around like, okay, all right. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a 30-year wrestling fan. I went away from it for a little while, but I have to credit Jenny here for bringing me back to it. Good job, most, Jenny. 
in the Hashtag but in the most backwards way possible yeah. because well well I don't know if you've heard of a little show called Total Divas yeah so I started watching that show when it first came out and I was like damn these girls are badass mm-hmm. like okay you have your your little storylines in the show it's I mean it's a reality show you take it for what it is but I loved seeing like the action that they would uh, reference on the show a lot. So then one day I was like, you know what? Let me check it out. And sure, you know, the snippets that they show on the on the reality show are cool. So I started watching it and I started getting into the storylines. And then Matthew would come home from work and be like, what are you watching? He's like, oh, that's like, whoever. Yeah, oh, my gosh, yeah. that person's still wrestling. Like, that's Whoa. freaking big show, still wrestling. Like, what the <laughs> <Yeah>. heck? <laughs> and still wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was like four years ago, probably. So, yeah. 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 But then uh, here we are. So, yeah. well, I'm glad you've come back around. I it, I know yes. definitely it can be difficult sometimes, but I'm glad you came back around. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're very opinionated on the show, so we have we have our own thoughts on the current mm-hmm. product, but uh, we yeah. we always try to keep it positive. But, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, what are your overall thoughts right now? Uh, I'll, I'll keep it to WWE. But what are your overall thoughts on the current women's division right now? Are we talking NXT main roster or like all of it? You can do WWE main roster. Main roster. Let's just keep it at the main uh, roster. Um, I think first of all, NXT's women's division is like fan. Well, we're talking women, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The NXT women's division is great, but main Stacked, roster. Yeah. It. Uh, did you say we could swear on here? Yes, of course. Absolutely, I, I, main roster is a clusterfuck. Um, like outside of the the main champions well first of all like Mm -hmm. you don't even have asuka like defending her raw women's women's championship like Mm -hmm. in a while we haven't had like a genuine number one contender in a while who i don't even remember who the last person she defended i don't even remember who it was against the last time she defended probably sasha in a rematch or something oh was it it might have been survivor series so or like yeah yeah um, yeah, so you think that's two months. I think it's a clusterfuck. And mm-hmm. I do like, though, that they've had more storylines going on. Like, we've seen, um, like, Liv and Ruby get some uh, TV time lately with finally, um, Charlotte yeah. and Asuka. So I'm glad they're doing that, that they're finally focusing more on, like, I think SmackDown is doing great. I mean, we saw Liv and Ruby. We saw Billy Kay. We saw Natty and Tamina the last few weeks out there. So Smack, and we've seen Bianca and Bailey. I think SmackDown is growing an amazing job lately with their mm-hmm. women and giving them opportunities, whether those opportunities are long or whatever is a whole nother thing. But Raw is a mess, to be honest. I mean, just this last week of recording this, we saw um, three different matches um, involving six women. Um, yes. yeah. like they so, don't know what to do and I'd feel like they're they're not giving the women at least on raw the right they're giving them time somewhat but it's not they're not utilizing it properly and not showcasing the true talents they have I think correct raw is a clusterfuck Smackdown yeah. is getting better um, NXT is top tier so I have no complaints with NXT I love them without, with, without going into the rabbit hole which is easy to do with what we're talking about right now but I think SmackDown, you have input from outside sources, maybe a Daniel Bryan, maybe, um, you know, a Paul Heyman on Raw. It's, I think it's a two man show. I think it's Vince and Bruce. And you're talking about two guys that have this sort of late 80s attitude era mentality that I don't think they'll ever grow out of. So I think that's part of it, too. 
honestly. Yeah, it's just it's so a shame that's... they have such great. Yeah, they have great talent. Mm-hmm. They're just they don't know what the hell to do with all of it. Yeah, I, I think they're doing great things with Alexa, which now I realize Alexa yes. competed against Oscar. I think they're doing great things with Alexa, but yeah. it's just like Raw is a mess outside of like three or four women. You know. Agreed. Correct. Agreed. It's a mess all around. But anyway, what thank- are, um, oh, go ahead. What are tell us tell us about some of your your upcoming products uh, products projects? Um, I saw something a uh, little little something something on IG about uh, something called Gall. Oh yeah. So I am currently the editor on Gaw, which is grown ass women involving Mickey mm-hmm. James, Lisa Marie Varon, and SoCal Val, which they do a show every every Wednesday, which you should tune in to subscribe and uh, yeah. like. Um, it's kind of like a slumber party with your friends. They do. They bring in guests um, almost every week now. And it topics range we've had former wrestlers we've had um, people in the fashion world we've had people in bodybuilding and so they wanted to move their youtube show to a podcast platform and i've been very fortunate enough to kind of have a rapport with mickey for a few years now and they know i do a whole podcasting and stuff and so mickey kind of asked me late last year you know do you want to help us um do a podcast and like edit it and like put it together and stuff and i was like of course like duh um so i'm doing that on top of a wrestling gal podcast so we're going back right now and going through their old episodes first because as of right now they have almost 40 episodes so it's a lot to go through comb through and they had to film certain intros and intros for that because you can't use the same ones from um their regular gaw youtube show they needed specific ones for um their gaw cast their podcast and so it's basically going through right now and archiving the ones that are already out there and mm-hmm. then once it might, it's going to take a little bit as of right now we have eight episodes out so it's going to take a little bit to get through it because it's we have a lot of people on the team like being team yeah. gaw is awesome it's a lot of work but um it's going to take some time to get caught up but they wanted to give it an audio platform for those who prefer maybe audio or um yeah auditory yeah. stuff and not visually perhaps so mm-hmm. that was something they've been wanting to do and i was very fortunate and excited to be brought along and so it's Hell really yeah, cool to be great. a part of team gone work with three amazing ladies who i look up yeah. to and it's strange at the same time though to be like texting them and stuff but it's really fun <laughs> i wouldn't change it it's so fun that's great that's amazing so you're busier than i even thought you were yeah yeah, balancing my shoot job, my own podcast. I run Lisa Marie's store, all of that, and like her socials sometimes, and then doing Gawcast. So yeah, it's a lot. I like how you call it your shoot job. That's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, again, it is so great to have you here um, as a guest and, you know, the wealth of knowledge that you have and the passion that you have for women's wrestling uh, is shared by us, definitely. So it is super cool to have you here. I'm glad to be talking with you guys today. I'm really, really, I was looking forward to this a lot when you guys asked me. Awesome. Awesome. So do you tell everyone about our our initial try? If you want to, (laughs) yeah. I mean, so... Take a journey with me, friends. (laughs) Was it last week, two weeks ago? Last week, I think. We had planned to meet up with Ella and record. And our darling, darling little child would not sleep. 
our little nine thirty came and went. We were both sweating, like, oh my god, we we have to text Ella. We felt so bad, but you are very, very gracious. You carved out some time out of your day yet again for us. So my gosh, we're so grateful. It happens, um, though. You know, we have the sitters now. We we wised up. Yeah, we wised up. Live and learn. Took the necessary precautions, and here we are. (laughs) Stuff happens though in podcasting. I've had instances where stuff comes up either with me or a guest, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, but no, Mm -hmm. like stuff happens. You guys were cool about it, so. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I guess we should get into the topic then, right? Let's talk Mickey. Let's talk Mickey. Um, so I just want to begin at, at least at the beginning of her wrestling career. Um, you know, she broke into the business in 1999. Around that time, she started training. And when we're talking 1999, it doesn't really seem that long ago, but it really is. Right? And it was a completely different industry for women back then completely different. I know we talked on our Trish Stratus episode about when she broke into the business and a lot of women at the time were being hired more for their looks and, you know, they were models mm-hmm. or, you know, scouts had gone out and seen them somewhere else, not so much for their in-ring work. Mickey's a little different because she did train um, and she put the time in to be a great in-ring performer. You know, unfortunately at the beginning when she was on the indie, she was a valet first as a lot of women were back then. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ella, I want to know what your opinions were about, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with it, this sort of era of women's wrestling. You know, I'll put that in quotes, women's wrestling. Uh, your bra and panty matches, your pillow fights, and stuff like that. Well, I think the women who did that did it with grace. You know, they were back yeah. then, they were TV 14. So, I mean, that was their demographic, their kind of niche, whatever you want to call it. And so the women did what they could, you know. Um, there were some genuine athletes and powerhouses. Like we, you know, we saw China. I think Sable was a combination of being a powerhouse and for the sex appeal. So that was really interesting. But we also had people... You know, like Victoria Ivory, Molly Holly, too, who were incredible athletes who weren't necessarily brought in for their looks, model looks and stuff like that. And so they definitely balanced out this um, looks driven division. And I think Trish, yes, she came in initially as the model type and she was hired for like being a model or fitness model, whatever it was. But Trish broke through that stereotype, I feel like, and actually showed that women could entertain and be pretty and all good looks and stuff and but also be really athletic in the ring and stuff and so i think she took she kind of not broke the mold but she took it in grace and stride but also pushed herself out of that so she balanced it well but um I just think that the bra and panty matches were so that era. And I think that's <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say other yeah. than that. That was their niche. It was TV 14. It's what drew viewers in. And I, I commend sure. everybody. Who worked, yep. Yeah. I commend everybody who worked through that product mm-hmm. during back then. I couldn't have done that personally. I think you have to have some respect for those women who went out there and became vulnerable and had the confidence to pull it off and do that and work through that. And I think those were the, those moments though, were the trail, the trailblazers because, because of that, people wanted to break that mold and slowly, but surely we started seeing more TV time and more actual matches and like stipulations and stuff. Once you reach like the ruthless aggression into the diva era, like we saw like a falls count anywhere match. Um, we saw still cage matches. We saw Trish and Lita made event raw 
And so I feel like those women, though, you can't count out, though, because they were trailblazers at the end of the day at the same time. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I put Trish and Lita in a different class than than those that we saw before. Yeah. Them. I mean, um, you ask me, Trish Stratus is the greatest women's wrestler of all time. No offense, Mickey, but she is. That's my opinion. Um, and for all the reasons that you mentioned there. Uh, but those two are forever connected, and we'll talk about that very shortly. Uh, but another thing that Mickey did, and we see it a lot with women at this time, uh, wrestling a lot of intergen- intergender matches. So, like, I know Lita did it a lot when she was training, when she worked in Mexico, mm-hmm. too, especially. Uh, but you, you, you work, you, ha- you have to work in the ring, and there aren't a lot of other female talents that you can work with at the time. So, really, you re- don't really have much of a choice but to work with the men. Um, and it's really cool. You can sharpen your school skills and just a ton of respect for those women that had to go through all of that. Um, so, I mean, Mickey, we're still before, you know, going to OVW, but she has a cup of coffee and ring of honor and TNA. Uh, and then she signs a deal with WWE and she gets sent to OVW. Um, now I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this. Cause I want to, we kind of want to skip ahead to the Trish storyline real quick. Love it. <laughs> That's my opinion. I freaking love it. <laughs> oh man, where do I even be- even begin? Yeah, yeah because um, I want I want to because I know because listening to your Mickey episode, I know your opinion on it, uh, but I want to hear it straight from you because I, I think we share the same opinion on it as far as storytelling goes. Oh yeah, I mean that was something that they haven't had like a longevity feud like that in a while. Like, especially mm-hmm. at that time, that was what November to mania. And even after mania, it went on till like May, June, I believe. So you think mm-hmm. that's like six months of genuine storytelling of tr- uh, Mickey coming in as this like fan and like fan girl wanting to work with Trish. And then it turns mm-hmm. into like this psycho character. And they, I know they pitched storyline after storyline to writers. Um, and so it took many, many, weeks i believe mickey even wrote like a lot of pages of pitching to um the writers for like i forget how many weeks she said it was but i know she did like this big book of week after week she was so excited to do it you know coming in and to work with the top woman is incredible and not a lot of people get to say they did that so obviously they had there was some trust in there obviously with mickey and trish um i believe actually Mickey was supposed to do it with Lita. Um, I think she said once, but they ended up going with Trish. So I think that's an interesting note too. That um, is very interesting. Yeah. But just, just to see somebody new rise up to the top and go against the number one woman in WWE at that time. And I believe Trish was on like a whole year reign too, year plus reign at that time at Mania because before that was Victoria, she won it from. So I think Trish had been champ for like a year and two or three months at that time. And to have somebody finally break that at WrestleMania was incredible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got to see a variation and diversity from Mickey, a lot of variety from like her dressing up as Trish at um, the Halloween stuff. (laughs) And then um, her like kissing Trish and at Christmas time. And then they both dressed up as each other with Ashley and uh, Trish's boyfriend at that time. They did a lot of fun segments that not a lot of people get to do. So even though there was no other really compelling storylines at that time, they had one very good focal storyline for many many months and so i think it's one of the greatest of all time if not the greatest and to see mickey Mm -hmm. come to that pinnacle at wrestlemania and beat the woman 
at the time is something not a lot of people could say. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, we talked a little bit about the, that feud on our, on our Trish show. We just, you don't see that story storytelling nowadays. I would love it if they can get back to that originality, that believability, that acting, uh, you know, it, it just, I mean, what, I mean, what critiques really are there for that? You know? Nothing. Uh, it's some of the best storytelling they've ever done. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the best character work that I've ever seen in a, a wrestling storyline. Like, honestly, like, I mean, to come in there new and fresh and all the energy and, the and, fan. <laughs> and be plugged into a role like that, that, yeah. you know, honestly, at the time they were part of that, but it was, I guess, for TV purposes, a little controversial as well at the time. But to do that and then have it make sense and not get boring over such a long period of time, which we don't really see anymore now. We don't see storytelling like that anymore. Uh, it's one of the best. I agree with you, Ella. It's one of the best um, stories, uh, climaxes of anything that we've seen ever yeah. in this company. I agree. And I, you're talking about like moments in that storyline. I just, I laugh every time at the Halloween episode where uh, Mickey comes out <laughs> dressed in a blonde wig with like this cardboard, small little women's championship belt and holds it up. And then it, it was just a funny <laughs> moment. And to, yeah. <laughs> and just have all of that culminate at WrestleMania where I think not a lot of people were expecting her to come out and win and beat the woman at the biggest event of the year. The and, then they still and then they still continued it afterwards, even after Trish, it was her shoulder or her arm that she injured to have them continue that. And then they brought Beth in for a little bit before Beth got injured, obviously, but they still continued it afterwards. And so, and then they brought it all back around um, in Trish's retirement. So, yeah. And, you know, when they, did their little face off in the rumble a couple of years ago. I hate using this word, but I marked out like crazy. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. So the, that wasn't, yeah. yeah. That wasn't yeah, supposed so to happen. The, really? That, no, they Mickey and Trish were fighting for that spot to happen because um, Mickey recently opened up about it. Um, that somebody backstage was like, the people aren't going to care for like that moment and Mickey and Trish and them were fighting for that moment. Um, Thank and God. so to have it happen so organically and to have them mm -hmm. prove people wrong. And now it's something people still talk about to this day. So it's just well. another case of <laughs> fighting for your worth. And I'm so yeah. glad that they fought for that moment because it was spectacular and was. I don't think it'll ever, it might not happen again. So it was, uh, I mean, example number one right here, because mm -hmm. I went crazy. I was like, oh, look, look, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> look, we're, we're getting giddy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you could tell that they loved it, too. Yeah. So, um, to think that people wouldn't care about that. I don't, That's I don't what I'm that. saying. Yeah. That is absolutely That's what ludicrous. I'm saying. That people yeah. wouldn't care or that they wouldn't remember. Mm -hmm. And they, I'm so glad that they kept fighting for that spot, um, because Mickey, I guess, was supposed to be out earlier. But, um they, I'm so glad they fought for that because it's just a moment I think everybody likes to relive in the nostalgia of it because they're two big names, you know. They're oh, yeah. two, they're um, two, no, two of the top three most title holders in the women in WWE history. So, Correct, I yeah. Mean, yeah. So, amazing storyline, as we said, one of the best ever. We are on the same page with that. So, moving forward, though, 
she's there for several years. She would win four more women's titles while feuding and defeating the likes of, I mean, these women, Lita, Melina, Beth Phoenix, Victoria, you name it. She worked with everybody. She beat everybody. She would win her first Divas title for Maurice in 2009, becoming only the second woman to hold both belts. And she would go on to defend this title against the likes of Beth Phoenix, Gail Kim, Alicia Fox, among others, before dropping the title. And now, the other famous story, when you first came into liking wrestling. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> she would then begin another famous angle with Michelle Cool and Layla, uh, Lay Cool, culminating in the Piggy James nickname on November 2009 episode of SmackDown, before eventually beating, uh, defeating McCool for the women's title at the Royal Rumble, starting her fifth reign. And she would drop the belt back to McCool before being released by WWE. But let's, let's, which pause. was BS, by the way, when she was released. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's, let's, let's backtrack and talk about that. <laughs> let's do it. The floor is yours. <laughs> Piggy James nickname. And I mean, how, how how crazy is that? I mean, I think it was, it was just due to a, quote, weight gain, making fun of her, the cake in the face. I, I can't. It's so cringeworthy to, to, to look at that. It's Just quickly, despite that, 2009, Mickey was still the number one woman on the PWI Top 50 Women's List, mm -hmm. despite That's that. Correct, just yeah. note that. Um, but... I cringe every time I think about that. And it makes me feel sad that that was the first women's storyline I ever saw. But at the same time, I am very thankful for it because that was my first introduction to like true women's wrestling. And I felt like even though I hated the storyline, I, mm -hmm. at least for me, I became a fan of Mickey that way because I felt like they at least were bringing in a real life issue and highlighting mm -hmm. it spotlighting it and it made people like me like relate to mickey being the underdog and with someone who has body insecurities and stuff like that i like empathize with her and sympathize with her yeah. and was always rooting for her so in that aspect i'm grateful for it but i cringe every time because they transcended reality in a way in like not a good way because there was some backstage stuff going on there and the fact that they i know sometimes they do that they bring stuff to storylines to the yeah. forefront of storylines but i felt like that was one of the things that they shouldn't have crossed in my opinion so mm -hmm. i cringe at it but also i'm grateful for it because otherwise <laughs> i might not have known her um there you go but it, 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 like you said, though, I don't get the point of her winning the championship at the Royal Rumble. Um, like, first of all, it wasn't even, it was a very quick match. Like, I think it was less than 30 seconds. Correct. Um, yeah, it was squash. And then she held it for like 27, 28, 29 days, lost it the next month. So I don't get why they had the pinnacle of her finally defeating Michelle McCool and Lay Cool, like overcoming the bullies, and then to lose it less than a month later granted i know some other stuff was going on backstage with her that led to her release um that she's spoken about but i i don't know that there ha there was just a whole culmination of backstage stuff i just don't get the point of her winning it if they know that they were going to release her what was the point of her winning it and like overcoming the bullies <laughs> in right. kayfabe just to lose it less than a month later i it, it makes me so mad every time i think about it <laughs> Does anything with this company make sense most of the time? I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, but 
being released from WWE gave her the opportunity to go work somewhere else. So, and she would make her mark there too, as we'll see, uh, you know, she would sign with TNA and at the same time she would be working on the independent circuit, keeping very, very busy working in a lot of different promotions. She would eventually move on to hold the TNA knockouts championship three times while having fantastic feuds with the likes of Gail Kim and Madison rain. Uh, the Madison rain one's one of my favorites, actually. Um, she left TNA in 2013 and came back for another cup of coffee this time as a baby face in 2015. And then got ran over by a train. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so she made her uh, triumphant return to WWE in 2016 with a pit stop at NXT where she had a great w- match with Asuka, um, ultimately losing a chance to capture the NXT women's title. Now, I personally like the next stop where we're making in, in 2017 with uh, La Luchadora. Go ahead. <laughs> very, inter- very entertaining stuff. I, I a- loved it. I'm sorry. Uh- I loved that La Lucha. Who is it? Who's under the mask? It's freaking Mickey. Like, honestly, though, let me back up for a second and tell me if you agree with me, Ella, on this. I know that we are both pining for her to come back at some point. You know, at the time we're recording this, it is Royal Rumble evening. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe she shows up tonight. We'll see. <laughs> Spoiler we'll alert, see. she is. Oh, okay. Yes. There we go. All right. Uh, so she'll be here. here. Okay, but where it goes from here, maybe we don't know. Or maybe we do. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but I would love for her to, to do some more NXT stuff. What do you think about that? I recently talked about this um, in an episode with one of my good friends, Lo, where we were talking about, because you know how sometimes they throw random tag teams together and stuff. And I was like, I would love to see Mickey Worth work with somebody in NXT like Mercedes Martinez, who is another veteran of the business. And I feel like if they're not going to have anything from Mickey on the main roster, like they have a few times, you know, but it's never been more than like a month or two push. Yeah. I think bringing her back down to NXT gives her like a veteran status and to see her square up with some of the new girls and teach them stuff or, or putting them over too is great. But I think she needs something new. And, you know, we saw a little bit of her in the tag team division with her and Alexa, but they lost that qualifying match for the elimination chamber, which I'm still salty. They lost. However, (laughs) um, I think that bringing her back down in NXT gives her something fresh, especially if they're not going to use her on the main roster, because you think it's been four years now and she, She's gotten one major like women's championship match at Alexa in 2017. So you think it's been over three years since she's had like a major storyline with anybody. I think bringing her back maybe in like the tag team division, the women's tag team division would be refreshing. Um, whether it's with a new talent or I would love to see her work with Mercedes Martinez. I think you can't go wrong with bringing her back to NXT. I think it would be like an amazing moment. I'm all for it. I'm I'm more of the proponent of bringing her back as a heel. I mean, that's just me. But uh, heel Mickey, I would love to see her get like a little stable going, maybe in NXT of some like the lesser used women and just start something. What's there. your stable? Let's hear it. Uh, I I didn't really I didn't think past the actual well, idea. I'm putting okay. you on spot, buddy. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> imagine her Mercedes and thing. Tony Storm, who are heels now, oh, and man. turn Mickey heel. Just saying. I mean, we we seen Tony him up. I mean, just throwing it out there. I was thinking lesser used talents to p- kind of put them over. I don't know, maybe like Casey or 
Casey Catanzaro or, you know, Caden Carter, like turn them all heel, mm -hmm. put them with Mickey. I don't know. Just a thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Well, hopefully it happens uh, because I think she could do, I mean, the division's already great and I imagine her showing up there. Yeah. So I get more excited thinking about Mickey going to NXT than, than the, than the main roster. Yeah, I, I can I can see the argument for both. I just really yeah. want just if she's on main roster, just give me Mickey and Charlotte. That that's all I want. That's all I want. We've never gotten it. That's all I want. Then she can go back down. Wasn't that her dream match? I mean, that was my dream. When you injured, that was yours. <laughs> yeah, well, you made that the point, and I I, I, asked yeah, her, I I asked her about it, but mm -hmm. and I didn't even know this. They haven't even touched in anything. Yeah. I know, which I yeah, I, we teased it recently for her money. We teased it recently on the when they were reminiscing on the 2018 Women's Royal Rumble. They teased it, but they have never even shared the same ring, even though they were on the same brand at one point. But then Mickey got injured. They haven't been one on one, or let alone being like a six man tag or in the ring at all together. So, well, I, I think that might change tonight. I just have a feeling. I'm praying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Uh, so back to what you what you're one of your favorites, mm -hmm. 2017. Yeah. So we're uh, in January 2017, and she would show up on WWE TV as La Luchadora, eventually unmasking and revealing herself as a heel um, while aligning herself with Alexa Bliss and her feud against Becky Lynch. What a fun storyline <laughs> that was. Yeah, I thought her and Alexa were... I'm not the biggest Alexa Bliss fan. I'm just going to keep it light there. Although the stuff she's doing now is amazing. I got to give her that. But yeah. Um, they were great together. I agree. And I hate that they were kind of broken up and like feuded like that later on, like September, October. I, oh, it was October 2017. Mm -hmm. Mickey had a women's uh, raw. No. Yeah. Raw women's championship match against Alexa and lost. And, but then they kind of came back together, which I don't know why they broke them up in the first place, but yeah, it, kind of it, wasn't then, it wasn't consistent yeah. storytelling, but I yeah. mean, that's nothing new. <laughs> Right. <laughs> used to that now. We are used to that now, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, again, keeping it positive, though. Trying of course. To keep it positive. Yeah. Yes. Uh, while she would have a couple more cracks at championship number seven, she has yet to get there. And I think we'll talk about it, but I think she'll get there at some point. She would suffer a torn ACL in 2019 and miss 14 months of action. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Um, she would see brief action this past year, losing to Asuka in quite the controversial Raw women's title match in September. And then, unfortunately, she would go undrafted in October's uh, brand draft. And ultimately, her future with the company is up in the air, question mark, I guess. Spoiler, it's probably good right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and that's where we're at with her. I just wanted to run down uh, some accomplishments of hers. Because like we said at the top, she's held 21 professional titles, uh, including titles from Cubby Promotion, Cyberspace Wrestling Federation, Dynamite Championship Wrestling, Impact uh, Championship Wrestling, International Pro Wrestling of the United Kingdom, Maryland Championship Wrestling, of course, WWE uh, and TNA, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, as you said, number one, top 50 female wrestlers in 2009. She was Woman of the Year in 2009 Man. and 2011. Uh, you know, she would be, uh, you know, on the flip side of that Wrestling Observer Newsletter's most disgusting promotional <laughs> tactic for Picky James. Mm. Still an award, though. Uh, UWF's Women's Champion two times over. If, if Mickey James is not in 
your breath as the greatest women's wrestler of all time, then you don't know what you're talking yeah, about. You I'll just say that right now. You, honestly, <laughs> I mean, we can go back and forth about, we can argue the Trish's. I'll argue the Trish's Charlotte. I love my Beth Phoenix, Beth Phoenix, but Mickey James is a hall of famer through and through 100%. She better be. Or else she'll be hearing <laughs> from me <laughs> via text I, message. I, I think she will, though. I definitely foresee that. I, I definitely, obviously, I'm biased, so she's obviously on my Mount Rushmore of women. But I definitely agree with like Trish is fantastic, Beth is fantastic, Lita's fantastic, Charlotte is fantastic too. But if Mickey isn't in that conversation, like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, when people say that, and I've seen some other content creators say, well, a lot of the women now who are in the middle of their careers, some of them haven't even really hit their prime yet. Someone like Sasha Banks, well, they're the greatest women wrestlers of all time. And I say, that's, uh, that's your opinion. Good. But you can't really say that because without the predecessors, without the Beth's, the Mickey's, the Trish's, the Lita's, the, the Bella's, you know, they don't have what the platform to do what they're doing right now. So will they maybe eventually outgrow those women and become the greatest? Absolutely. But to make that choice now, I, I just you can't put those women now above the women that came before them. You just can't do it. No, I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. What are you about you, Jenny? Trish? Mickey? What, my faves? Well, not your favorite. Who do you think is the greatest of all time? <sighs> Jesus. Is that all well, too tough to for, for me, for a long, long while, it was Trish. But after Beth, Phoenix, Beth Phoenix's performance at the Royal Rumble. Is it Royal Rumble? Like, yeah, I, 20, I last year, 2020. Last year. Yeah. And she just schooled so many. I keep saying, I said it in a previous conversation with Matt and I, those little girls, she showed them what it's about. She was bleeding on the damn oh, ring. Yeah. From the head, still kicking ass, refusing to leave. To me, she just she she transcended a uh, space and time for me. So she she made her way up there. But it's got to be um, either Beth Phoenix, Trish, or Mickey for me. Beth Lita. is my, Beth is my oh, yeah. hometown girl too. He, I is love Lena. Yeah, yeah, Beth is my New hometown York. girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Can so. I just put them all? In, in one big Mount Rushmore uh, thing, and that's it. Sure. Yeah. Not being They're just all <laughs> transcending uh, space and time. They're all fantastic. Yes, they so, are. Ella, let me ask you 2021, does she get number seven? I really want to say yes, but I feel like at this point, she, she's been back for four years now. Granted, like a whole year of that, she was off. I feel like they would have done it by now at this point, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say that. Um, unless for some reason after the rumble, they have her come back and make a major impact. I, I want to say it's going to happen, but I really, at this point, I don't as, as it pains me to say that, but her booking the last few years just hasn't been ideal as you would expect. Yeah. And I hate to say that she's underrated because she shouldn't be considering she's like within the top three most title holders for the women in WWE history. But the fact that uh, a future hall of famer is underrated is ludicrous. Um, 
and I yeah. want her to, but I just don't foresee it, unfortunately, unless somehow they breathe air into their storylines and their creative. I I feel like she could make a run with Charlotte. Like, I feel like she has to have at least one more title match. I really yeah. want her to. And I feel like if she doesn't come back now in a major storyline, I just don't foresee it happening for some reason. Like, now is the time. We'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see. I'm pulling for her. I'm really pulling for her. Yeah, same. For real. Yeah. Well, this was a ton of fun. Ella, thank you so much again. Yes, Ella. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, So if you just want right now, the floor is yours to tell the listeners where they can find you on all platforms. So you can listen to my podcast, A Wrestling Gal. All of the links are on arrestlinggal.com, but either it's available on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, basically anywhere you find your podcasts. Um, <laughs> you can also follow on Twitter and Instagram at arrestlinggal. And you can listen to Gawcast, also available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts and listen to Gaw in audio version. So um, if you want to follow my personal Twitter, it's at it's Ella J. Um, basically, all my stuff, though, is on a wrestling where you can buy merch and listen to my podcast and some exclusive stuff and patreon.com slash a wrestling gal. I think that's it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> do it, guys. Do it. You don't know what you're missing. Mm-hmm. If you're a, a consumer of content in this arena that we love so much in professional wrestling uh, a wrestling gal is a must listen so go and do it especially if you're listening to our show it's spotlights the the ladies brings the women to the front so i mean a wrestling gal it's it's in the name go check our, go Thank check you. out our, our girl ella well ella. <laughs> i had to I how had many to. how many Sorry. times have you heard that like honestly a lot <laughs> a lot yeah <laughs> A lot, a lot plus one. Good job. <laughs> no. uh, well, that was an amazing discussion, of course. Join us next time for a brand new episode of Wrestling with Respect, where we will be spotlighting the Bella Twins. Love, love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that might be, that will be a fun show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a, a, a un, unapologetic, huge Bella's fan. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm pumped up for this one. And you can find us on Instagram at Wrestling with Respect and our network at Spirit of Rock Pod, as well as on Twitter at Respect Pod. Uh, you can find me individually on Instagram at The Whiskey Obsessor. And you guys can find me at Rumder Woman 24 7. Just a couple of quick shout outs here. We want to thank uh, Bullets Fall for providing the theme song that you hear at the beginning and end of our show. Uh, great, great song that really details what this podcast is about. I want to thank Keith's artwork for the badass logo that you see in the thumbnail with every episode. And I want to thank, of course, Spirit of Rock Podcast Network for giving us the platform to put out great shows like this one. Uh, So please tune in next time. Until then, and of course, a special thank you one more time to our awesome guest, Of course, I am bowing down. (laughs) <laughs> thank you for having me it's been a lot of fun absolutely absolutely and um until then everybody we are tapping out later enjoy the rumble